Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I don't think it's about the run-pass ratio or how many times you see him throw the ball around the yard and figuring out what he can do. I think it's about understanding, does he have the right amount of help for when he is deployed in those situations, understanding that the circumstances are such that the information that we're getting is correct. It's usable. We understand what he really is based on the players around him. He can throw the ball 20 times a game, and if you feel like he has enough help up front, if he has the guys catching the ball that can actually help him in those moments, we can come away from the season if he has 320 pass attempts and understand pretty much what he is. That's my bigger question. It's Robert Mays talking Justin Fields with Bernstein and Rahimi yesterday right here on 670 The Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez. She's Caitlin Sharkey. And, of course, if they're going to have us on the radio together, we got to be talking some Bears football. We have to. Now, they got this big ske- – it's called Schedule Release 22. Yeah, May 12th. I know. I didn't, I didn't know they were – they already made a spectacle of the draft, making it you know so many days. Now that now they got to have <laughs> this like is a, a big day for you because this is when you'll go down the sheet and mark every single matchup of win for the Bears, and you oh, know. I thought and you were then gonna we're going to hang it on the wall and we're going to look back and see how wrong. <laughs> last time Caitlin was on the show, I said we were going to go twelve and five. Twelve and five. I'm a, I'm a homer. What you want? I'd, I'd be happy. I didn't say seventeen and zero. No, it's all right. Two years ago, me and me, Mark Grody predicted sixteen and zero. See. <laughs> That's what we do. We if, walked through the whole schedule, and we said, yeah, to win, to win, to win, to win, to win, and to win. Studs, are you a Bears fan or not? <laughs> or nah? That's what I got to ask you. So, Fair again, down, <laughs> Thursday, 8 o'clock, the schedule release 22 would drop, and that way we can find out. I thought What I thought you were going to say was what game I'm going to with my family, you know, because we also do our that, annual yeah. Bears road trip. Mm-hmm. But we've already decided that it's going to be Jerry's World. Okay, yeah, Dallas. We're going to go to Dallas. Mm-hmm. Bears play Dallas. Don't want to go to New York to watch either the Jets or the no. Giants. Been to a couple of the other stadiums. Can't pass up the opportunity to go over there. Uh, speaking of the Bears, don't forget Ryan Poles, Chicago Bears GM, is going to be joining Mully and Hall at 8 a.m. tomorrow morning. Make sure you set your alarm for that because you are going to want to hear what the man says about not only the draft, but, of course, the uh, minicamp that's happening as well. So, again, Ryan Poles joining Mully and Hall 8 a.m., but right now, again, Gabe Ramirez, Kalen Sharkey, I'm going to jump right into the draft. I just have one person in particular that I want to ask you about, and that's Valus Jones Jr. And my one question is, what do you think about, or how do you feel about the fact that he's 25? I don't think it's a big deal. 
Because, wait, because I have a follow-up. Because you don't think it's a big deal because you just want him to contribute immediately and you feel like there's a window for that? Or because you just don't think 25 is a big deal in the grand scheme of <laughs> well, things? Well, 25 is not a big deal in the grand scheme of life. Yes, when it's in the NFL, it's like, oh, is he on Medicare yet? No, like, it, calm <laughs> right. down. He's 25. Is, he, is he contemplating retirement? Yeah, yet? like he's 25. No, I think... What Ryan Poles said about him and being his his age and everything like that, like they need they need to be an older team. They need some of that energy because they really don't have much of it, and they lot of, let a lot of their old guys, I guess you'll say, yes. walk out the door, traded them, and things like that. And yes, the immediate impact is a big one, and it's hard to say because his age alone doesn't you know make him immediately be able to step into this offense and shine but it also doesn't hurt I don't feel like it it's not like he's so much older that he's like not as fast anymore he's lost a step like none of that matters yes the development window may be a little bit smaller because of where he's at already in his football career but no I don't think it it is a big deal and they need somebody especially when it comes to the offense and wide receivers (laughs) Just just some help that can get in there and not a big learning curve. Just go in there and produce. Give me the ball. Because Tardell Mooney cannot <laughs> catch the ball 600 times a game. So well, Tom we'll Shea said he's the Bears' best draft pick. Well, that's good news. That is good news. Mm-hmm. You want to hear it? Well, at least he's, unless, he, unless that says something else about the, the two second rounders that we got. I think the way they approach the draft is when you when you have a lot of positions that you need to be filled. You have a lot of mm-hmm. needs that need to be addressed. People are like, we well, can't really go wrong. And you really can't. I think the Bears had a very solid draft. I was really impressed by what Ryan Poles and his team put what, together. What grade do you, did you give the Bears in your own mind? I would give them like an A minus, B plus. Really? I thought it was very... The way that they... First of all, got a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and she's giving me crap about saying the Bears are 17. 17. Okay, I, I said the draft was an A minus. I don't I say. Like I didn't though. say I the like season's hey, going to be an hey, A minus. I like it. Yes, I know you love it. This is music to your ears. Just hey? me talking about so positively about the Bears. No, I think the draft they did a good job because they got a lot more draft capital, which was important to them. And I think the way they went about it was the right way. And the fact that they hit all of these positions that they needed to hit, especially with the offensive line, um, obviously. The secondary was a major concern for this Bears team moving forward, so they got those pieces right away. They prioritized, you know, what they thought were the biggest holes and most, you know, the needs that they had, and then went that way down the draft board. And I think it was a the way they went about it was smart and methodical, and hopefully we'll see a lot of these guys develop over the next couple of years. Well, when we had our discussion about a week ago, what did what did I say? I said I am more interested in how Ryan Poles approaches the draft as opposed to trying to pinpoint a guy or a position that we need. It's like, no, our team, our team mm-hmm. needs help. You didn't, you weren't scouting like what seventh rounders Zero. were going to be available to, Come on. that's a terrible seventh round pick. What do you mean? You haven't even looked I that far. I hate when people say that. The mock draft. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what we he, They did. picked who in the seventh round? Like, so oh, hard. you had a better option? Like, <laughs> Caitlin and I text each other about five game parlays and we get those wrong, let alone a 32 team first round trying to pick those correctly. But I I love what we did. And I love that Ryan Pohl said, if our team is better, then Justin Fields as a result becomes better as well. And when you got guys like Kyler Gordon, when you got guys like Jaquan Brisker, Mm -hmm. people that can make immediate impacts. And they're still, when you're looking at the Bears team last year, there were holes on that defense. 
Yes. You expected so much from them with even you were first of all, you you were hoping that they would stay healthy through the entire year. You questioned the depth of the Chicago Bears defense last year. So to be able to plug in 10 percent of your starting lineup, two guys immediately into that defense and say, or at least that's the hope that these guys are going to be immediate starters on this team then yeah, it makes the team better. And if it makes the team better, then give a nice little hand clap to Ryan Poles. Now, I don't know, Kaylin. I'm curious what you think about this. Do you feel like it was the... Because the, I, I feel like right when the draft hap- happened, the the immediate reaction was, we didn't do enough, you didn't help out Justin Fields. But then once, you know, the analysts and everyone else jumped on board, it's like, no, 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 this is a good thing. I feel like it changed the narrative in Chicago. Well, you can't use the entire draft to help Justin Fields. Like, I know that he needs weapons, but it's not like they didn't have it's not like they didn't have a starting receiver or a starting running back or and you also think as far as like help for Justin Fields, how many of these guys from the draft again, like we talked about, are going to make an immediate impact yeah. to really help Fields. And yes, it's important to help him. He needs weapons. He needs to continue to grow. They need to score points, something they struggled to do all of last season. But there was obviously holes in the defense, like you mentioned, and depth was such an issue for them, especially when the secondary was depleted late in the season. Roquan Smith can't tackle everybody out there as much as he, <laughs> he tries. Thinks he, he thinks he can, and good for him, and he comes damn near close, but he can't pull it off all by himself. And the fact that they're changed, they have a defensive-minded coach, they're switching to that 4-3, I think it's going to be – Interesting to see how the draft picks in the defense for me is going to be interesting to watch because you know that they have solid players already in the building. What can they add as depth? And to to add to the culture. Mm -hmm. I'm Gabe Ramirez. She's Caitlin Sharkey. This is 670 The Score. I love what Ryan Pohl said. He said, we needed more bodies to create more competition. Yes. And to me, that was important because most people would ask me when I'm out on the streets during, you know, Bears Unleashed season, Hey, why is it that people like, you know, I don't feel this way. They do. Why is it people like Eddie Jackson or Tariq Cohen, they do well in the beginning and then for some odd reason they start feeling themselves and they fall off. And I said, well, that's just it. We Chicago is such a sports town that once these guys get here, even our first our first uh, two second round picks, Jaquan Brisker and Kyler Gordon, people are going to place them on a pedestal. Like mm-hmm. I'm already talk, pegging them as starters. Yeah. You know, they have, so again, we, we, we build them up. And we expect so much of them. And sometimes people feel themselves in that space. And again, we just hope that the competition that is created makes the team better. And again, Ryan Poles is going to be talking about just that with Mully and Hall tomorrow, 8 a.m. Make sure you set your alarms for that. I feel like creating competition on the offensive line was important. You were just talking about depth. I don't care if there's six, seven round picks. I, I remember drafts where we'd only draft one offensive lineman. You're not creating any competition mm-hmm. when you do stuff like that. And, you know, the fact that we did bring in a receiver, you know, okay, granted it's not what you would have liked, some people. But if let's say, Caitlin, if you were Justin Fields, what do you think you would be thinking after this draft if you were Justin Fields? I don't think he's thinking too much into the draft, to be honest. No? I think he's working on himself, and he knows, like, obviously he's looking around at the pieces that they drafted that are going to help him, but I don't think he's – overlooking it or overanalyzing it. And I think the point you make about and that Ryan Poles mentioned about competition within that team, that is something that I felt the Bears lacked. Lacked. Terribly. Here's your money. You're our guy. It was so (laughs) – I think that was one of the biggest issues that maybe didn't even get talked about enough. The the team competition, it was just complacency from their vets. And I think it's a product of, you know – 
maybe front office issues, coaching issues, all of the things that we've talked about that the Bears struggled with. But that complacency kills the team because there's no competitive spirit within. And it was just Roquan Smith coming out and telling me every post game in the, the, the interviews like they need to look themselves in the mirror and to me that was like a message like there is no competition we are there's that fire is gone so now you bring in a whole new crop of guys that are competing for starting spots and some guys who maybe even found themselves in a starting spot late last year who know oh man yes. this is not guaranteed Thomas Graham Jr. found himself in that second <laughs> you know and he, and, he, and he rose to the occasion and he did a tremendous job but all of a sudden now Kyler Gordon's coming in and he's like okay well how's this going to pair so those many competitions within the team is so needed for the Bears organization yeah and just for a good team I mean that's what you want you want you hear the mantra next man up but that doesn't exist if there's a competition in that locker or on that field, right, where these guys can actually do that together. I love that Ryan Paul said he watched tape of the draft picks uh, that uh, with uh, Justin Fields. Yes. That, that made me feel good. Yes. Because it's like, okay, you're telling your quarterback, hey, not necessarily I want your opinion, but, I want, but like he said, it's opening the communication lines. Like you are going to be a part of this process. These are This is who we are looking at. I'm curious what you think. You're a, like he's the starting quarterback. You're a football guy. Mm-hmm. Just And Ryan Poles being a former NFL player, he understands that. Like You still have a mind. And if you're a quarterback, having a quarterback mind, you still feel that way too. So it's going to be interesting to watch this team. I mean, obviously people don't want to use the word rebuild, but I just hope that we're competitive. In games, because there were a lot of games last year. Well, you think they're going to be way more than competitive. Yes, <laughs> but no. 17-0, no, guys. No, I feel like that's what, if you're a Bears fan, if you're trying to be realistic, and I know that's hard for us sports fans, myself included, you want them to be, yeah, competitive. Just competitive. You, you want to see them at least, you just don't want to see the dysfunction, the yes. the little things like miscommunication. Smacking it's people like, in the face in yes, the fourth quarter. Don't do that. Lack of discipline, yeah. the lack of fire, the all of that, that is not addressed in a draft ever. So I think those are the things that they have to kind of, you know, those are the things you hope that they leave in the past. And it'll be great to see the defense be a little bit better and more consistent because there were so many games last year where the game was lost in the last possession or two mm-hmm. by the defense. So it'll be interesting to see if the defense can give Justin Fields an opportunity to maybe come back in the fourth quarter a time or two. Yeah, but Justin Fields needs to put more points on the, the offense. I I can't. I know True. they lost some late ones, but I True. I am still like a you know a defender of the defense if that makes sense I because like I'm it. like, you know, and it came down in the last play. Yeah, well, you can't score ten right. points You're in right. an NFL game and expect that <laughs> your defense is just going to hang on every single week for seventeen weeks. She's Caitlin Sharkey, the defense lover. I'm Gabe Ramirez, <laughs> the seventeen and no thinker. This is six seventy. The score on the other side. Every Saturday, 6 o'clock, I have my gambling show. Caitlin and I love gambling, too. We talk about this all the time. My co-host on Chalk Talk on the BetQL Network, his name is Alex Gold. He has a couple of favorites for tonight's MLB game. So if you're a gambler and you're looking to make a couple bucks, make sure you're here right after this so he can tell you who to pick. I'm Gabe Ramirez. She's Caitlin Sharkey. This is 670 The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. $900 reduce. Gabe Ramirez, Caitlin Sharkey. This is 670 The Score. Now, if you're a gambling man or woman... This is the moment to be listening, but don't listen to my advice. I just told Caitlin, I lost a huge bet today on soccer. Why was I betting on soccer? Well, because Real Madrid won me a ton of money. I knew Man City wasn't playing well. I said, Real Madrid's going to win this one. I won a good amount of money yesterday, and I thought to myself, like an idiot, Papa. Soccer. I'm a soccer god. See, this is the this is what happens with betting. You all of a sudden you think you're an expert in every sport. I'm guilty of it as, as well. I'm like, oh, because I know how to cricket. You're gambling on cricket. No, I, no. <laughs> please, please help me if I if I am. If you catch me putting in bets on cricket, you might but, need to help me because no, I'm definitely... it's like it's so hard. Like you you get a couple wins in a yeah. sport that you don't really follow, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, well now I'm a soccer expert. Caitlin, I put four hundred dollars. I, I I thought for sure I was winning a grand. I was like, oh. I'm so confident in this two-game parlay that I'm I'm going to bet $400. My 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 bankroll was looking good inside of my app. I was feeling great, and then all of a sudden I checked the score. The Rangers were beating RB Leipzig two nothing, and I was like, oh my god, I'm losing. I'm gonna lose 400 bucks. Marcel was playing Feyenoord, and I was like, oh, they're both gonna score, and it's gonna be over two and a half. The score was zero zero. Just like I was just so wrong. Anyway, so you're not buying the tacos tonight after the show. Absolutely not. Cinco okay. de Mayo tacos are on you. Because <laughs> <laughs> you, you spent $400. <laughs> too. He says to the girl who doesn't have the job. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let's make some money, though. And here to help us do just that, host of Cody and Gold from 10 to 2 on 610 Sports KC. 
my co-host on our gambling show, Alex Gold. What's up, buddy? What's going on, man? I mentioned, you mentioned tacos and everything. I think I'm already ahead of you guys. I already got some tacos. May or may not have had a margarita or two as well. It's, uh, it's a good day. But I, I will say, Gabe, you're, you're talking about betting on soccer. We, we talked about this last week. Don't on do BetQL, it. And we, we, don't, we, don't, we don't have to bet you know, on, on every single game that's out there. He tells me this you know? all the time. <laughs> that's good advice. <laughs> From now on, we don't talk about Bruno or soccer. All right? That's what we're not going to do. All right, Alex. So, okay, first I got to mention our show, Saturdays on the BetQL Network, 6 p.m. Central Time. That's where you can see him and I doing our thing. And Alex is a nice, solid baseball fan. So that's where I want to go first. Actually, yeah, let's just go there first. All right, we got some games on the slate later on tonight. I'm going to go St. Louis, San Francisco. San Fran is minus 125 right now, over under seven. Who you got? Who you like in that game, Alex? Yeah, so I lean, I lean with the St. Louis Cardinals in this game. This is a bullpen game for the Giants. And so anytime you have an opportunity where you know that you can, you know, you can get a pitcher or two out fairly early in a game and nobody's going to go more than probably two innings or so for the Giants tonight, uh, and I think there's an opportunity for the St. Louis Cardinals to, to actually get some offense going against the Giants. So it's not my favorite play out of the three games later on uh, tonight, or I guess starting here in about 15 minutes or so, but I definitely lean with the Cardinals in a bullpen game for the Giants. Alex, let me, I'm, I'm going to ask you to like back out and like for someone like me who doesn't bet regularly on baseball, like what is, what are some like tips when you're looking at baseball matchups? Because I feel like it can go, so many different directions and it's the it, the way that they play so many games you can't even kind of base in like there's just right. so many factors like how do you bet how's the responsible i guess way to bet baseball yeah and it also depends on what time of the year it is honestly because you know in, in april i think there's an opportunity where the you know the odds makers haven't got a good feel of the teams either and so there's there's some opportunities to take advantage of that and then as the season goes on we all start to actually really realize all right, which team is legit or not. But just on a daily basis, for me at least, if you, if you know you're also going to bet the entire season, you're not just doing a one-off game, uh, if you're just betting on the favorites, that, that's not going to be a good strategy throughout much of the season. If you want to be profitable and you're betting favorites throughout the year, you've got to be hitting at a much higher percentage. You've got to be hitting you know, at 54% or so of the time in order just to, to kind of break even and barely make profit. Whereas if you're willing to, to take some, some underdogs, which I think you have to be able throughout a season, you can get by with hitting you know, below a 50% clip and actually still be profitable throughout the, the baseball season. So that, like, if we're just talking money line or, or not favorites, that's one uh, area that I like to look. Uh, and then a- after that, right now, the interesting one has been totals. And I'm, I'm sure you, Gabe has probably mentioned to you about you know, right now with the unders across the sport and, and how long is this going to last? Unders are hitting just at a ridiculous clip and now we know you know the baseballs are are they different in certain parks and that controversy's back and that's what's making betting on totals a little tricky unless you want to just follow the the under trend and you know there's there's a game a little bit later on here in about 15 minutes where i i, I have an underplay and you're seeing these unders creep to six and a half or seven runs because <laughs> unders have been the been the play of the first month or so of the season. There's no question. And it's so funny that you mentioned that because I was reading before we hopped on the show and I was looking at the White Sox, Red Sox, and the Red Sox are like 71% of the time under, according the to you. I, I couldn't believe Great, I, I was pitching. just like, yes, absolutely. But it's it's good to know the unders. Okay, now I'll take that information. And I'll tell you the other thing why it's the unders, because majority of the players in, in Major League Baseball are Latino, and they don't like the cold weather. 
they want to play no, in this. Like, I mean, honestly, though, I mean, the, the weather definitely factors yeah. in a little bit. Like, I mean, I think it can become psychological a little bit for guys. But, yeah, there's, there's no question that you have to – when you're looking at betting on baseball and if you're looking at totals, you, of course, duh, starting pitching. But you, you definitely have to look at where they're playing and what the weather's yes. like. And you guys aren't too far from us here in Kansas City. I mean, the weather's been pretty terrible to start this baseball season. It's been a lot of games where it hasn't warmed up yet, and I do think that's impacted some of the hitting in, in some of the Midwest cities. Of course. Got a couple Dominicans and Cubans on your team, and you expect them to knock the ball out of the park in, in March when it's freezing or April. Uh, <laughs> he's Alex Gold, host of Cody and Gold, 10-2 to 2 on 610 Sports Kansas City. Also my co-host on BetQL's Chalk Talk, 6 p.m. Saturdays, where we talk a little bit of gambling. And have you been have you been uh, fading the Cincinnati Reds like everybody else in the world right now? They are absolutely pathetic. I mean, it, th- this Reds team, uh, we were actually joking about it today here locally. If we combine the Royals and the Reds, how many games could they actually win? And I don't, I don't think I would like the, the number whatsoever that they, they came to. And this is a Reds team that's just absolutely pathetic. I wish they were in the AL Central with the White Sox and the, and, and the Royals. Unfortunately, they are not. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's, just, it's, it's terrible for baseball, right? I mean, to see a, a franchise like that. Uh, who we all know is com- clearly tanking, putting that product out on the field. It's it's a terrible look for the sport that already has plenty of issues. It's just disappointing to see, but man, I I think just, it's just take the run line minus one and a half. Whoever they're playing against, like today, ten to five against the uh, against yeah. Two days in a row they've given up. I mean, yesterday they gave up what was it? Uh, eight. I think it was eighteen yeah. runs. Or yeah, it's a combined. Seems like something like that. It's crazy. Is there? Is there? Okay, so going off of that, are there teams that those guys are an exception because it's just expertly sure. bad? But are there teams that where you look at the start of the season and you know, like I'm not even touching their games this year because you just you know they're not going to be content, or maybe you can cash in on the fact that you know they're not going to be good. How do you play that deciding like? You know, the bad teams, do I just fade them all together? Or because I know they're not going to be great, maybe I can win some money this way. Yeah, I think it's, it's kind of reversed for me a little bit because I mentioned earlier the, the, the favorites and betting underdogs as well. I think you have to be willing to bet underdogs, but there's, there's no question the Reds are certainly not going to be that team. But I'll look at, you know, yes, a team that's playing the Reds, but more in particular, I, Gabe knows I really like betting on the Dodgers for obvious reasons. <laughs> their, you know, their win total was higher than anybody coming into the season. And so the Dodgers, more times than not, uh, if you're looking at the run line, is probably going to be the way to bet them. You have to be careful because since they are such favorites, sometimes that, that money line will creep up to like minus 350. Well, to me, uh, unless you're really betting some serious cash, that, that's just not worth putting money on the Dodgers. So you've got to find creative ways to, to bet on the Dodgers, whether it's run line, whether it's going to be you know first five innings or, or some strategy like that. But the Dodgers, I would say, would probably be the team that I still have bet on the most here in the early portion uh, of the season. Alex Gold joining us right now. And obviously, you're out there in Kansas City, so you're following the Royals. They're plus 3,000 to win the AL Central right now. Uh, <laughs> they should be. <laughs> but, but let's talk about the AL Central real quick. Obviously, you're familiar with the teams there. Sox are plus 105 right now to win. Twins plus 145. Is it a two-horse race, or do you feel like maybe someone else can, can creep up there? Or is there any value for you betting on the White Sox to even trust them? Yes, I still, I still like the White Sox. Now, going into the season, keep in mind, I, I really was a believer in the Minnesota Twins, and so I, I obviously still feel that way. But, look, the, as you guys know, the White Sox are so banged up right now, and because of some of the bottom feeders in the AL Central, and right now that, of course, does include the Kansas City Royals, like, I still think the White Sox, when push comes to shove and we get into 
July and we're looking up at the standings and keeping an eye on who's got a real shot. I think the White Sox are still going to be right there. Yes, the Twins, but I I think the White Sox are still a a bet that I would feel confident putting money on right now, just considering if they can get some of these guys back. Whereas you look at, you know, the Royals, for example, they have zero offense uh, whatsoever. Uh, The pitching's been better, but they were banking on so many guys that had great seasons a year ago, still having great seasons, and just about everybody that had a disappointing year playing at a higher level. They really didn't do a whole lot offensively other than call up the the number one prospect in baseball in Bobby Wood Jr., who's gotten off to a slow start, finally turning a corner. But if you look at, you know, American League statistics right now offensively for the Royals, uh, they're pretty much last or second to last in just about every offensive category, whether we're talking batting average, they're 14th in the AL, or runs scored, they're dead last in the AL. So they just have no offense whatsoever. And so it's hard to imagine them at this point uh, working their way into the into the mix in the AL Central. Well, that's interesting to see. I don't know. I'm I'm trying to practice patience when it comes to the you White guys aren't Sox. Believing in the White Sox? No, I am. So? Okay. I am. I believe him. Well, Here, he, that did not. Well, <laughs> that because, sounded like a disappointing. Because Alex and I love money, and <laughs> so for it to for them to be plus one hundred five, like let's just say I would never drop a grand on the White Sox to win the AL Central. But if I dropped a grand thinking it was easy money at plus one hundred five, and then I lose, like you know how upset I'm going to be that plus one hundred five. Yeah. You know, it's not. It's just you just feel like it's not enough. You wish it was. You wished you, you loved it more when they were the underdog. Yes, and they were absolutely. like plus two hundred, and you were like, that, "That's a better bet," because then you could cheer. I have the long. same uh, same dilemma when it comes to the NFL. I'm actually excited about the Chiefs season this year because there's actually a tad bit of value for the first time in a little while in certain areas. But uh, yeah, the last couple of years they've obviously been favorites, so there hasn't been any value. So I get the I get the thought process on on having a team in town that that is uh, you know quote unquote expected to to win. But I still think the White Sox on paper if they can get a couple guys healthy, are still the, the better roster all the way around than anybody else in the AL Central. As I'm going through my app, I'm noticing this prop bet that I think is phenomenal. Gabe Ramirez, Caitlin Sharkey, Alex Gold, by the way, the 670 to score. You can pick the winning state. Like, what team is going to win the World Series by state? California plus 215 oh. right now. New York plus 300. Texas plus 900. They got Florida, Illinois, like Missouri, California. Pennsylvania. Any other state? Yeah, I was going to say. 215. Yeah, plus 215 is not bad at all. For any other state outside of the six that you, that's crazy. But California plus 215. Yeah. You, like for you, Alex, if you, you like the Dodgers and they got, like you said, the most phenomenal right. lineup ever, plus 215. I mean, that's not, I would. But Alex knows I don't like futures bet. I, I just don't, I feel like if my money's not gaining interest, why am I betting? You want to see it just <laughs> instant, instant gratification. I'm not waiting for this bet to cash 16 weeks from now. Yeah, the baseball futures are obviously the longest of the bunch. And so NFL futures, I absolutely love. Baseball futures, yeah, you got to definitely exercise some, some patience there. I think you can mix in, depending on what you're normally betting on a, on a daily limit, uh, daily basis, I should say, when it comes to these individual baseball games. But futures, yes, you know, you know I like the Dodgers at plus 215. That's not terrible. Now, you know, I think the, the Mets, you mentioned the state of New York, the Mets are going to be an interesting one to follow if you actually believe that they won't find a way to, to screw things up at some point. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say New York right now. It's the fact that they're just doing so well. I, I don't know. I like that one as well. But I don't trust, I have more trust in Cal, the state of California hanging out for that yeah. future to cash than I do the New York teams. All right, before, the Mets. <laughs> before we let you get up out of here, Alex, I do want to know, because now you, now you got me started with the NFL. Now I just can't. <laughs> I wanted you to talk baseball on the show, and now you just you said NFL. My, my ears perked up. Like I, NFL's king. Yeah. NFL's king right now. So, ha, tell be honest. How many bets do you have already in in your queue? He has a bookie because he's in uh, in Kansas City. They don't have legal betting yet. 
So you got a guy, I should say. So how many do you have in the queue right now for future NFL bets? So I actually only have three that are placed fully for the season. And then I, I have a bunch of a, I have a, I have a list of bets that I do like, and I'm, I'm hoping to wait. Kansas actually just is about to legalize it. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm waiting a little bit to put some of those in. But look, I, I think there's in the AFC, for example, the, the, the bet to who will be the number one seed. I hit on this last year. The Titans were 16 to one to be the number one seed in the AFC. Nice bet. And mm-hmm. I, I, and everybody's jumped off the Titans bandwagon again because, of course, they traded A.J. Brown to the Philadelphia Eagles. But because of that division, unless you really believe Matt Ryan can elevate the Colts, and maybe he can, I still think from a record standpoint, not that the Titans are actually, in my mind, a Super Bowl contender, mm. but looking at Tennessee once again at like that 18-1 to range, 20-1 to range to be the number one seed in the AFC, I might go right back to the well where I, where I hit last year. What do you think about, because I'm notorious for this, I place a future bet on the Packers to go to the Super Bowl every single year, knowing it's been since 2011. No wonder since... you're not buying me tacos because you keep losing money. Well, because at the beginning of the year, like, all right, they got a chance. They got a chance. Aaron Rodgers, they got a chance. And I'm like, why do I continue to place? This? So, like, that's one of those teams that I just get so frustrated with with futures because you think, like, that's not a bad bet. Well, based on Alex Alex's uh, logic, that's a good bet because they're playing in the NFC North. They're right. going to have a. They're going to make the playoffs. Yeah. So that's half the battle right there. Alex, would you take? Would you make that bet? What's I would have to. What are the odds on the Packers oh, though to win man. to win the Super Bowl? Do we know? Probably like. I would say I'm going to guess before I go and look it up, but I, it'd have to be somewhere in the six hundred range. range of, yeah, it's not going to be yeah, like six to one. Yeah, yeah, six to one or something like that. Look, I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, the division is. We, they're going to win the division without right. any problem. We all thought Tom Brady wasn't coming back, and so you would have looked at the, the quarterbacks in the mm-hmm. entire NFC and would have said, all right, this is a cakewalk. But still, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, other than Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford once again with the Rams, if you believe they can do it. Otherwise, the, the amount of quarterbacks that they actually have to worry about on their path towards the Super Bowl just to get to it uh, is, is certainly way easier than anything you can imagine on the AFC side where you can make a case for probably five different teams that because of their quarterback play actually have a chance to get to the Super Bowl. And again, this is this is why NFL is king because here we are and it's baseball season and it's <laughs> We it's can't May get enough. We can't get enough. And uh, we're ready for games in April. There's already lines out for the international games in in London and in Mexico City oh week gosh. 6 of next season. Uh. Wait till the schedule is released, you know, I know. next I week. I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> thanks for thanks for taking us to the happy place of NFL football, Alex. He's Alex Gold. That's Thanks right. so much for hanging out with us today. I'll see you Saturday, 6 o'clock on our show, Chalk Talk. All right, brother? That's right, man. Thanks for having me on, guys. No problem. Host of Cody and Gold, 10 to 2 on 610 Sports Kansas City. He's Alex Gold. I'm Gabe Ramirez. She's Caitlin Sharkey. Yo, Green Bay Packers plus 1,000. Hmm. No. No. No Devontae Adams? No. It's no. Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I was already thinking no. Same but sometimes of, when the odds are like, oh, well. Same amount of Super Bowl appearances as Rex Gross. <laughs> I love saying that. All right. <laughs> Bears. Bears. <laughs> On the other side, we are going to, I want to break down Lucas Giolito and some at-bats um, from the game yesterday. They were just incredible. Seeing his grit, his grind. Can't wait to to let you guys know where I feel like the game changed yesterday. We'll do that right on the other side. I'm Gabriel Ramirez. She's Caitlin Sharkey. This is 670, the score. Huge team win. I mean, contribution from everybody in the lineup. Um, bullpen picking me up. You know, I'm not able to go six innings. Uh, Lopi came in, got the out. Um, 
I mean, that, that's that's the kind of win that makes us feel good, uh, especially coming off the of last night. Uh, that was that was a big one, and this one um, trending in the right direction. Uh, just unbelievable effort from everybody. Lucas Giolito talking about his latest victory against the Chicago Cubs. What's up? Gabe Ramirez, Caitlin Sharkey here on 670 The Score. What a phenomenal job by Lucas yesterday. Five and two-thirds, only gave up three hits, three on runs, two walks, 10 Ks. I mean, he was he was on one. Studs, what do you think about Reynaldo Lopez being the first guy out of the bullpen? I'm cool with it. Yeah. I like I like Lopi. I I it it's crazy because you're just so used to seeing him as a starter in the Sox rotation, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden he becomes a long reliever, kind of like that filling guy. And so every time he comes in, I'm just I always hold my breath. <laughs> I'm like, yo, he. Well, did you you guys know about last year when he was talking about? I think it was last year when he first started when he when they brought him back up and he's thrown out of the pen. He was saying that he like couldn't see the catchers signals before <laughs> and and so he wasn't throwing his pitches with con, with conviction so he and got now, LASIK? and now like i don't know if he got lasik or he got contacts or what so now he can see and now he's throwing his pitches with more confidence so like that like i first I, when, first time i heard that i was like oh okay yeah. that's why he's better now we don't need receivers we don't need you know the headset no. we don't need any of that we contacts. need a good pair of contacts <laughs> and that exactly imagine that for a pitcher you're that's right. like that sounds like something i went through in humble park where you're just like you don't even know you can't see because you, oh. you just without you know, my contacts i couldn't man. even read this computer screen in front of me so oh, yeah, i'm blind without yeah. my head. totally blind <laughs> i've i had lasik I had LASIK. Shout out to B96 for paying for it. Free LASIK's <laughs> always fun. But that was about probably like maybe like four or five years ago. And my my vision was like negative six and a half, negative six, seven, that's five. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's worse than mine. Yeah. Oh, uh, it was bad. <laughs> it was so bad that when I went to go to the doctor to get it done, they made me stop wearing contacts for like two weeks because my cornea wasn't thick enough. And they were like, we need it to grow a little bit. So don't wear contacts for like two weeks. I'm trying to tell you guys this so that that way in the event that you guys are interested in getting it and you want to pitch as good as Reynaldo Lopez. I Yeah, apparently. Can. Um, but of course, the rest of the bullpen doing a phenomenal job. Kendall Graveman, great one inning. Aaron Bummer, Matt Foster, who's been pitching phenomenal as of late. And then of course, Liam Hendricks, another perfect ninth inning, one strikeout to get his seventh save of the season. Now there were some interesting moments during the game that I just... As I was watching it, I'm just saying to myself, like, yes, this is the team that I want. This this is the ace that I've been wanting, and this is how he should be pitching. Specifically, a, a couple of at-bats. You know, going back-to-back to have back-to-back strikeouts to end the first inning was just great. And then when he went up against Seiya Suzuki in the third inning, just had him full count, threw the changeup. I'm talking about right down the pipe. Like, that's just not something you would expect. Right? If you're a batter, 3-2, you're thinking fastball outside, mm-hmm. something. Or even the curveball, the most – Three two changes down the pipe was just absolutely filthy, and then against Ian Happ right after that, a four pitch at bat, and th- th- it was the sequence of pitches, Caitlin, that really stood out to me. Curveball, changeup, his lone fastball, and then a changeup outside to have him uh, get that swinging K right there. But curveball, changeball, changeup, fastball, and then changeup again. If as a batter, you're literally like, I'm only gonna get one fastball on this whole at bat. It was, it was beautiful to watch. Then, of course, Rivas, who's been great at the plate, a real tough out, just handled him with ease. So, again, Giolito just did a phenomenal job. And then Hendricks on the other side. When you're throwing an 87-mile-per-hour four-seam fastball on the outside corner, 
you're looking at that as a fan and you're like, why aren't these guys crushing it? But because he has everything else. Mm-hmm. His curveball work and his sinker away was just disgusting. It changed up away. So a lot of Cubs fans are worried about Hendricks and what he will continue to bring for this team. But he, he did a great job yesterday. And to see, are you a fan of baseball like that, Caitlin, where you appreciate the the duel that goes right. on against absolutely the, yeah okay so you, yeah I think it Hendricks obviously did a great job and I think he's off to a much better start than he had last year <laughs> um, to say the least but I also think it's I mean you look at it was Patrick Wisdom and Nick Madrigal that were in charge of hitting and then I think the rest of the Cubs lineup went like one for twenty five that to me is all like that is just yeah. a work of art that is. To me, so impressive. Yes, there's some of that is on the hitters. You know, they, they probably could have brought a little bit more, but I think Lucas Giolito is just in a, in a way feeling himself, and he's and he's at a point where he's in a good headspace. He's confident. He came in with you know all this extra muscle, and he, he it's working Looks for solid. him. Yes, absolutely. And then winning's contagious. When you see a guy like Cease come in and go seven strong, over ten strikeouts, when you're the next man up, you want to duplicate that performance. You want to put your team in a position to win and feel like you're the guy that can stop that or continue that winning streak going. You know, you mentioned uh, Patrick Wisdom. What a bat. I mean, the guy is just, I mean, obviously, you know, led the Cubs last year in terms of uh, rookie home runs. But I got to be honest. I just don't think Wisdom is the Cubs' third baseman of the future. When I watch him play defensively, it just doesn't look as crisp as I would like. Same for the, same for the, the White Sox. With Jake Berger, you just know you know he's not mm-hmm. your third everyday third baseman, and it should be. So both of those guys, what do you think, studs? I, when you see wisdom defensively, do you agree with me on that? When you think he's not going to be, or he should not be their third baseman? I actually had this thought just the other day, maybe last week, because I I run a bunch of the Cubs games here, so I, I get first first <laughs> first person uh, sure, viewing of it. Sure. And yeah, I had the same thought. It's like, I don't think he's the long term third baseman, mainly because of his defense. Like, I think he has a place on an MLB roster as a hitter. Yeah. But I don't, like, I think he's maybe a guy that you stick in left field. Thank God that the National League has a designated hitter now. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Even, and no shade at DH. wisdom. No shade at you, brother. No. I, I'm just I, with the eye test. I it's, see. Yeah, you. It's the same thing with Jake Berger. Yeah. You need to make, if you're a major league third baseman or shortstop for that matter, any infielder, you need to to create outs. Mm-hmm. You have to make the – everybody can make the routine play at that level. It's about taking outs or taking outs away from the other team. And, I, again, I just when I see him play, I say to myself, okay, as part of your rebuild, he is a great piece, but will he be your third baseman for the future? Not necessarily sure, but, man, he can hit the ball on. You know who would have been a good third baseman? Chris Bryant. Oh. <laughs> now you're making Cuss fans hiss. God. Hiss. Ooh. Did you guys see the uh the He's home- enjoying some sun or you know, the hitters friendly ballpark he's got. <laughs> he's fine. Yeah. I was a huge listen, I'm a Sox fan, but I used to go when I when I would go to Wrigley, it would be to watch Chris Bryant. Mm-hmm. Because I'm also a baseball fan. So if you're telling me that the MVP is sitting there in my city playing every day. I'm going to go watch him. This is the best guy in all of baseball. So I would love. So when the Cubs fans started, you know, knocking him, I would always be like, why are you? He that's like Bulls hating on Derrick Rose. Mm-hmm. They won you the MVP. Like, chill out. Let, give him some some grace. But I think it, it actually worked out for everybody in that space. I think Chris Bryant's happy in Colorado. I think the Cubs are happy in the direction that they're going. Uh, but I Plus, mentioned, have you seen those eyes? I mean, come on. Come on. He's dreamy. <laughs> dreamy. He's a dreamy guy. 
as were as were everybody on that 2016 roster. I'm sure any Cubs fan will tell you. Um, speaking of dreamy, it was a dreamy situation. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say No, stop. <laughs> it was a dreamy situation when Aaron Judge hit that homer uh, yesterday against the Blue Jays, and that Blue Jay fan caught it, immediately turned around to give it to the young man in the Yankees cap. And then in the probably like sweetest moment ever, he turns and gives the guy a hug. I wonder if the dad was jealous in that moment. Like, why are you <laughs> hugging this other grown man? That's not You don't know him. But I mean, we... Of all of the times in video clips we've seen of grown men stealing <laughs> foul yes. balls out of the, the air from children who are waiting. This is the highlight of their nine-year life. You ever caught a home run bar or foul ball? No, I have not. I caught A.J. Pruszynski's okay. last home run in his highest, what, the most home runs he'd ever had uh, in the major leagues. I caught his last one. And some right when I caught it, security comes up to me and everybody's yelling next to me. Only give it up for a bat. <laughs> and I'm like, what? I don't even know what you guys are saying. They hand me an A.J. Pruszynski sign ball, and then that was it. So to this day, I'm a little bummed that I only got a ball. Yeah. And, and no, this, the judge, and the and then me, him meeting him and crying is so sweet. So See, sweet. Good things happen in baseball. I'm Gabe Ramirez. She's Caitlin Sharkey. And good things have happened here on 670 Score for the last couple of hours. Thanks for hanging out with me. I appreciate you, yeah, Caitlin. Yeah, thanks for having me in. Want to thank our guests as well, Scott Merkin. Josh Moser and Alex Gold for hanging out with us today. Of course, want to thank our producer extraordinaire, Adam Staczynski. Oh, I thought you had like a sounder or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. I'm still new here, so I don't know. There we go. <laughs> I, knew something, I knew it was something like that. All right, guys. Bet MGM tonight is coming up after this. And don't forget, 8 a.m. tomorrow morning, Ryan Poles joins Mully and Hall right here on 670 The Score. Can I finish? Please, can I finish? Okay, I'm finished. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.